This is the Busy Blokes Podcast with Jake Batrick and Christian Huggins. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Busy Blokes Podcast. My name is Jake Batrick. With me, as always, is health coach extraordinaire, great mate of mine, co-host of this wonderful podcast, Christian Huggins. How are you, fella? Bato, I'm busier than a bartender at the MCG on the weekend, mate. How about you? <laughs> yeah, they were. Wow, stick, pouring them beeries. Over 100,000 punters, yeah. thirsty punters. <laughs> thirsty boys. They'll <laughs> wet their whistles. They uh, they would have been absolutely flat stick. I know, I know. <laughs> How you going, brother? How was the, uh, how's the last week panned out for you? Last week, mate, it's a good week. Really nice week on a couple of fronts. So we're down to... 93.8 kilos. Wow. We are on yep. the, we've come, we're Kathy Freeman coming around that final <laughs> bend and into the straight charging to the line at the in 2000 the, in the Olympics. In the full, full leotard suit. Look yes. at you go. <laughs> well, speaking of, we're in this exciting stage of the journey where I'm fitting into old clothes. Hey. So we, we hadn't mentioned this in the podcast yet, but we'd spoken about, I have this black suit that I needed to get into. I've got my football awards night. Sometime in October, middle of October, middle yeah, of October. Right. So that was that was like an outside goal, outside of the the journey. Yeah, and um, to fit back into that. Yeah, I chucked it on on the weekend. Got ahead of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying that because I, I there was saw a photo of you on the weekend, and I screenshotted it because yeah. I was like, wow, you can just tell like all in the kind of like the chin area, the jawline yep. coming through. So like, it's interesting to see. You've hit all these milestones. Like, sure, you've hit some roadblocks. Like, oh, I didn't lose anything this week. Oh, second week, I haven't yeah. lost anything. But, you know, you, you see a bit of a change in the mirror in the pecs. Then you kind of get Correct. some compliments from people. Then you see the number on the scale going down. Now you're fitting into old clothes. It's all kind of right. coming together. It's all coming together. The yeah. magic's working. Yeah. <laughs> so that was exciting. There's an old pair of jeans I also pulled out that I bought in the UK in 2019 that I took down south with uh, me and my partner back into last year. And I hadn't really sort of tuned into the fact that I was stacking it on. <laughs> I had no choice but to wear these jeans, right? And I put them on. It was like there was an anaconda around my waist just like <laughs> squeezing me, walking around like a piss myself. Like, it's just, Once so, upon a time they were like hell baggy bootleg jeans yeah, and now they're exactly skinny right. jeans. Yeah. Far out. So uh, they fit they fit comfortably now as well. So wow. it's it's all happening. Um, I caught up with a few people that I had last seen right at the start of uh, this this podcast journey, and they had some nice things to say. So mate, I've been feeling the love, oh, uh, feeling feeling good as well. And I found some uh, time to myself this week, like we we spoke mm. about in in last week's episode, and uh, just. Sitting down, getting horizontal, playing some PlayStation. <laughs> it's okay to do that. It's so fine, you know. <laughs> Just open up the window, like a bit of sunshine coming, coming oh, bloody through. Oh, lovely. Fresh air. Just it's that balance, right? Like, you know, sometimes you get up and you're, you're boosting your knee and you're doing some house chores and you get out in the backyard, but then sometimes it's nice just to have that me time and pour some stress out of the bucket with, with a bit of FIFA. The, the goal is messy. The, <laughs> the, the goal was to get to the, the driving range. Yeah. It's just the way the week panned out, I didn't quite have that sort of extra hour or two that you sort of need to find the time to go and, and do that activity. Yep. But it's, you know, finding the tools and using those tools to actually say, you know, I... I do have time to myself today. I don't yeah. quite have time to do the thing that I really, really want to do, but I'm happy to go and belt some teams 10-0 on FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> on easy mode. Yeah. Not only are you having time to yourself, Barcelona you feel on, Perth glory. Correct. You feel on top of the world. Yeah. <laughs> you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head there where you said different tools. Like, you know, mm. sometimes it's just a couple deep breaths. Sometimes it's 
going to the movies. Sometimes it's going for an hour long massage or three hours of golf or, you know, two hours of FIFA. So different times, different capacities, what you can actually get up and go do. You just kind of implement those throughout your days, throughout your weeks. All right. So now that we're feeling absolutely on top of the world, uh, let's get stuck into the nitty gritty. Hey, what are we talking about today, Gossa? Portion control. So get your knives and forks ready, girls and boys. (laughs) (laughs) Calorie control, portion control, however you want to sort of label it, Gossa, but it's a pretty important little pillar of this journey that we're going on. So what, what are we talking about in the nitty-gritty this week. All righty. So first up, let's define calories. Um, so a calorie is the unit used to measure the amount of energy stored in the food we eat. So sometimes it's called kilojoules, but it's just like two different words to refer to the same thing. So kind of like inches and centimeters or kilograms and pounds is two words to refer mm. to the same thing. But a calorie is like the universal term to, to refer to that. Um, when we look at what food's made up of, proteins, fats, carbs, fiber, vitamins, minerals, and water – the only things out of those seven that provide calories are proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. And each of those have a unique caloric value. So carbohydrates have four calories per gram. Proteins have four calories per gram as well. And fats are very energy dense at nine calories per gram. But essentially you can think of this kind of energy as a fuel that we get from food. So just like you kind of take your car to fill up at the petrol station, (laughs) you got to fill yourself up so you can drive or you can kind of operate as well. Um, And, you know, just like cars, we all have as people different fuel requirements. So some people are little Tonka trucks, some people are, you know, (laughs) race cars, some people are buses. So it all comes down to like our age, our lifestyle, our gender, what we do for work. So a desk desk worker versus a laborer, for example, like our level of activity, all those things. I reckon you'd be a Ferrari. A Ferrari. <laughs> Just Alrighty. optimum performance. <laughs> what would you be? Probably a Land Cruiser. <laughs> Commu van. Just gutsy. Just, <laughs> Just hard at it, you know. Hard at it, you Just know. hard at it. In and under. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've all got those different uh, fuel requirements or calorie requ- requirements. Um, sometimes, you know, it's often said that females should have anywhere between 2,000 and 2,200 calories a day men anywhere from like 25 to 2,700 calories per day, but everyone is completely unique. So you can't just like heed those numbers as um, as gospel. But we can't go any further without talking about the first law of thermodynamics. So that law states that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It only changes form. So the food we eat or the food we ingest has to be bro- either broken down into energy and heat. So it has to be used as part of the one, uh, one of the body's many processes or if it's not used, it's stored in the form of one of the body's many tissues. And in the most cases, depending on what type of signal you're sending in the gym, in most cases, it's going to be fat. So the energy just doesn't disappear and poof into nowhere. If you don't use it, your body will put it onto you. Your, your, yeah. your body will put it onto your body as, as fat. Okay. So for example, just two different scenarios for the same bloke. Joe Bloggs. Joe Bloggs is eating a diet of 3,000 calories a day. Through all of his energy expenditure, he's burning around 2,500 calories a day. Joe's body needs to do something with those 500 extra calories, which is known as an energy surplus. And so it will store the energy in his tissues, usually fat, to be uh, used later if needed. So over time, Joe Bloggs would gain body fat or weight if he did this consistently. Scenario two, same guy, but he's eating 2,000 calories a day. He's still burning 2,500 or 2,500 calories a day. So Joe's body needs to make up that 500 calorie energy deficit. And so it will pull from the stored energy in his tissues, which is usually fat. And over time, Joe would lose body fat or weight if he did that consistently. So without me even trying, 
over the last three weeks, my work shifts have changed. So I've been coming home sort of 10.30 at night, which has meant I'm sleeping in. So I'm sleeping into like 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m. the next day. <laughs> Not heeding any of the sleep tips. <laughs> no, just going. <laughs> just enjoying it. <laughs> just going to bed at like, and you know, there's been a few nights where it's taking me ages to get yeah. to sleep and whatever. But I'm waking up and without even trying, I'm skipping breakfast. So for the last three weeks without even trying, just because of the fact that I'm waking up nearly at lunchtime, yeah. <laughs> I've been skipping breakfast. So I'm only eating twice a day. So the calories have been down. Yep. Um, so the and the weight's falling off as a result of that. So Well, no matter which way you put it, the fact that you've been losing weight the past eleven weeks mm. means you've been in a calorie deficit. Yes. Like that's the only way that's that's been happening. If you've been putting on weight the past six months, twelve months, yeah. eighteen months, two years, it means you have been eating more than you have been burning. <laughs> you've been eating too much food. Like there's no no like um, there's so many factors that lead to like you know weight gain and weight loss and stuff like that. Like, you know, how stressed you are, your lack of sleep, um, toxic relationships, um, how you eat, when you eat, hormones, if you're like sick and things like that. Like all these things can lead to fat gain. But at the end of the day, the simplicity of it is to lose weight, you have to eat less than we burn, i.e. be in a calorie deficit. And to gain weight, you have to eat more than you burn, i.e. be in a calorie surplus. The importance of this pillar for me, I think, is is so important. And we sort of touched on it right at the start and of the journey, you know, mm making sure that we're eating better foods all the time, yep. uh, still enjoying yourself, but not as much or as often. Mm. Um, how important is it to, to get on top of this calorie and portion control super early? I think, I think it's just like a, the longest living people in the world, they don't have gym memberships, right? Mm. They just nudge themselves. We t- spoke about this in the neat week. They just nudge themselves into nice general daily activity every other day, like, you know, gardening and cleaning the house. And they might go play a casual game of tennis or, you know, walk their dogs and things like that. So they're just naturally moving. It is really good in modern society to um, have a gym membership or do exercise like resistance training and stuff. So you're teaching your body to have a high metabolism. You're putting muscle on your body, building strength and all that sort of stuff. When it comes to food, those longest lived people, they don't also weigh and measure and track their food and calculate their calories, but they're just having a healthy diet that's full of vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds and herbs and spices. And they're, you know, mostly Mediterranean diets and all that sort of stuff. So they're having these nice, healthy, rounded meals. So kind of without me even mentioning this, this is why I leave it so late in the program. Like, you know, episode 11 is when we're now talking about this sort of stuff, because over the past 11 weeks, we've just done lots of natural lifestyle changes. All right, let's include an extra piece of fruit. Let's start cooking for ourselves a little bit more. All right, you're having six pints of beer on the on, on Friday night. All right, let's in between each of those have a pint of water. So we're just like those nice natural little things we're changing and tweaking so that you're kind of ca- cutting calories without even realizing it, if that makes sense. I've spoken about how seamless this whole thing has been <laughs> throughout the process and you just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. It's just small, <laughs> tiny little changes. And uh, you're sort of doing most of this stuff without even thinking about it. Yeah, there's all there's all science behind it all, um, you know. And when it comes to food quality, hypothetically, you would lose weight if all you were eating were Kit Kats, Kit Kats, Cocoa Pops, and Potato Gems. If you are eating less calories than you're burning, <laughs> and you would also gain weight if all you were eating was grass-fed steak, Brussels sprouts, and almonds. If you are consuming more calories than you are burning, so I have to mention that because I've had clients come to me and be like, you know. 
I'm eating so healthy, I'm eating all these healthy foods and I'm still gaining weight. Well, you're just eating a bit too much of those healthy foods. Yeah. <laughs> so you can obviously tell from the from those two people who's probably going to feel better. The person surviving off Kit Kats, Cocoa Bobs and Potato Gems probably isn't going to be the biggest picture <laughs> yeah. of health. Um, but yeah, you have to kind of um, talk about that when it comes to calorie control. That's not part of the experiment either. No, <laughs> not, it's not Can't an I recommend step. that any less. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you have the question, how many calories should I be consuming? Um, you know, you can use that general advice from before about women being anywhere from like 2000 to 2200 or men between 25 to 2700. It's very, very broad, very vague because it doesn't take into account a lot of things. But there's two macro or calorie calculators that are online that I that I like to use. One is from Precision Nutrition. Um, it's a calorie calculator. I'll drop that in the show notes. And one is from the James Smith Academy um, uh, macro calculator. It's also in the show notes. Um, but both of those have options to choose whether you want to build or put on size or you just want general health or if you want to go into a diet and you want to lose weight. So it'll, get, it'll spit out some numbers, but essentially whatever number it spits out, you eat those calories and take your average weight over the course of three weeks. If you gained weight, then that means you're still in a surplus. If you lost weight, then that's your deficit. And if you stayed the same, that means you're at calorie maintenance. But, you know, that's for the people that want to go really deep and pinpoint and be very structured with it. But what we're going to talk about today is lots of natural calorie cutting and calorie, you know, there's also calorie adding strategies that we're going to talk about today because some people are underweight or eating too little. So they actually right. need to bump up. So I'm going to go both ways here. So depending on where you are at your in your situation, um, you just heed the advice that is specific to you. But the magic number that I like to see each week on the scale is around 300 to 500 grams, give or take, yeah, one or 200 grams either way. Because if you're losing a kilo a week or a kilo and a half, or if you're gaining a kilo a week or a, ga- a kilo and a half, that's way too rapid. Yep. If, you're, if you're losing that much too quickly, you're probably losing a bit of muscle as well, which isn't a good thing. So we like to do things slowly, sustainably, just like you've done over the, this past 11 weeks. You've lost 6.2 kilograms yep. over 11 weeks, which is pretty much bang on 500 grams, yeah. 600 grams. So you're right on that magic number. You know, so the, that's what we want to see as an average over time. And there's been weeks where I have lost more and there's been weeks where I've lost less. So it's, it's all about of, averaging it out. That averages out to bang on nearly half a, half a kilo a yeah. week. And as, as listeners would have seen is that you, your journey hasn't, hasn't been this straight up and down. Like it's not been this perfect linear, yeah. like from top <laughs> to bottom. It's like sometimes it's gone down, sometimes it's gone up a little bit, sometimes it's plateaued, yeah. then it's gone down again. So it's never going to be this smooth thing where every time you step on the scale, you're going to see more loss, more loss, more loss or the exact same number loss each time. It's always going to be up and down, but you just keep track of these things over time and just average it out over the course of three weeks, five weeks, seven weeks, 10 weeks. So you were mentioning kilojoules and calories just before, just before we wrap up this little nitty gritty segment. I've found that I'm sort of looking at labels a little bit more now. Um, For example, um, my partner and I had a go at making like a healthy nachos. So we Mm. like cooked up the the chili mix and just felt like nachos was Sunday Arvo. Yep. And didn't like, we just walked down to the corner store. They don't have a massive variety of Mm. like, um, of the tortilla chips. So I was just reading the back of the the label is like, oh, is there is there a better option to go for here? Yeah, okay. And it was all in kilojoules. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I just grabbed it. Yeah. <laughs> is yes. there, so, so is there a way you can sort of easily and for the listeners as well, just to sort of figure out what a kilojoule equals into sort of a calorie? that makes sense? Yeah. So you just divide it by four. So just like, it's just a convert, a measurement conversion. So one calorie equals around just over, but around four kilojoules. Um, okay. So let's say something is 20 kilojoules, you divide it by four and it'd be five calories. If it's a right. hundred kilojoules, it'd be 25 calories. If it's a thousand kilojoules, it'd be 250 calories. So 
when I spoke about those numbers, whichever way you go, you just got to make sure you're always using the same measurement. So if you want to measure everything in kilojoules, that random number that I gave before, so 2,500 calories per day for men, you just times that by four. So you should be having around 10,000 kilojoules per day as a man. So it's it's not like anything changes except (laughs) the way you talk about it. Just eat more. (laughs) Eat more food. Well, it's a bigger number. Perfect. That sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, divided by four. Um, But yeah, it is interesting to play around with, um, you know, and choosing those kind of lower calorie options here and there and figuring out what kind of foods are higher calorie versus lower calorie. So you're like, you know, I'm, oh, I'm a bit peckish at the moment, but I don't want to have this meal, this snack that's going to add 500 calories to my daily target. Maybe I choose some blueberries or some cut up celery sticks and carrot sticks with some hummus, like, you know, something a little bit lower calorie or, you know, maybe I have my pizza base, not thick crust, but maybe I'll make it on like a, a wrap. You know, you can have these like little calorie cutting options here and there and we're going to talk about a bunch today um, to go either way, whether you're wanting to add a bit of calories to put on some muscle or some size, or you feel like you're underweight, so you need to put on some size. So we'll talk about that side of things. Um, but I think most of the, the listeners and the population want to hear about those calorie cutting lifestyle changes. So we'll, we'll talk about those as well. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. Christian, down to business, 10 weight loss and weight gain strategies. Yes, sir. So I thought 10 would be a nice even and round number. <laughs> nice You're not wrong. I'm not wrong, no. <laughs> um, so we'll just get, let's just get stuck straight into it. So strategy number one um, is to switch up your beverages. So for weight loss, studies show that simply adding more water to your diet may contribute to weight loss over time because- Pretty much an increase in water intake equals a possible reduction in energy or calorie intake. And all those sugar-sweetened and high-calorie beverages like juices and iced coffees and caramel frappuccinos and fluffy koalas and all that, <laughs> they're not only a source of empty calories, but individuals who consume soft drinks as well may actually eat more calories during the day. So what I like to say is just make sure you hit that hydration goal. You know, we've got that three liters or three and a half liters or four liters. You're just focusing on getting that water in. It usually leaves less room for those other ones to sneak in as well. And if you want to gain weight... Yeah, you can so, just keep doing what you're doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd still make sure that we're, we're focusing on good quality things. So to add more calories to your diet, try packing smoothies with whole foods like nut butters, flax seeds, chia seeds, or avocados. They make for some extra goodness and they're all high fat foods, which means they're going to add a bunch of calories on there as well. I don't know about adding avocado to a smoothie, but I'll take your word creamy. for it. Creamy. Just makes it yeah. creamy. It's not You can't taste it. It just makes it creamy. Yeah, it's delightful. And, right. you know, such an awesome low sugar fruit. Did you know it was a fruit? No, I just blew well, your mind. It's that whole debate, isn't it? Like, it's, it's got a seed in it. It's got a seed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, stra- <laughs> strategy number two: focus on whole and nutrient dense foods. So, for weight loss, things like healthy fats, complex carbs, and lean proteins—all that stuff we spoke about in nutrition for busy folks in the nutrition episode—they provide adequate nutrition while also contributing to satiety, which is your feelings of fullness. So, fiber from plants can help you feel fuller for longer. Protein is very satiating. Fat is very satiating as well. But all these things mean you're less likely to reach for snacks shortly after meals. And they also support your gut health, which may have large implications when it comes to weight as well. So you just focus on that crowding out, add more of the good foods in, and it inadvertently leaves less room for the quote unquote bad to sneak its way in. That's what we've been doing this whole journey. Whole like journey. prior to this was eating far too much of the junk. Mm. And we've basically swapped all of that out for better foods. What a good stuff. And then you have the occasional treaties and it's that are even better. Correct. 
Um, for the weight gain, so you may find it easy to eat several small meals that include those whole nutrient-dense foods rather than trying to consume larger meals. So snacks like nuts and seeds, dried fruits without like the added sugar um, and cheese, they all help to add calories. And including high-quality fat sources such as olive and coconut oils and salmon and avocado and those seeds and stuff before, they can help um, add those calories but also not like add too much volume in the stomach because it comes to this concept of energy density. If you've got oil, which is a fat, um, and you have 400 calories worth of that, it's not going to fill you up too much, is it? It's going to fill up a little, yeah. small, very small portion <laughs> of your stomach. 400 calories of meat, which is protein, fills up the stomach, you know, a third. Um, it is very satiating, but not as much as 400 calories of vegetables like broccoli and zucchini and cauliflower and carrot and celery and like fruits and stuff like that. So if I've got someone who's wanting to feel fuller, um, and they're wanting to diet down, I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's get a crap ton of veggies in you um, mm. and fruits, and then let's make sure we're pr- uh, prioritizing protein so it's actually keeping us full for longer. But if I've got a client who's saying, I need to gain weight or want to put on size, all right, let's see if we can up the fats quite a bit just to get those extra calories in. Nice. I think just quickly back on on the weight gain section there where you mentioned cheese, I was eating so much cheese <laughs> prior to this. And like, I've it's tro- so damn tasty. It's so good, but like just trying to cut down on that that little thing has been really tough, but we're finally there. Yeah. And it just, you just enjoy it so much more when you actually do have it. Yeah. And on that as well, like, you know, finding out what your food intolerances are because I'm actually intolerant to dairy. So, right. yeah, which sucks because cheese is so good <laughs> <laughs> and whey protein always tastes better than plant protein. But, um, yeah, so that for me anyway, like I knew that was messing with my digestion, it was messing with my skin as well. And for some people, it causes a lot of, well, for me, it wasn't for me, but it can cause a lot of bloat. So if you right. find that you're like, if you cut out some of those food intolerances, the main ones are dairy, corn, egg, gluten, and soy. And I'll probably put peanuts in there as well. But if you find out that you're kind of allergic or intolerant to one of those things, you're gonna, your bloat's going to go down. You probably take four or five kilos off the scale just by doing that. Nice. Um, strategy number three is to limit your exposure to additives. So some compounds you're likely to encounter in your daily environment may contribute to weight gain by affecting the body's ability to metabolize fat. Um, these are known as endocrine disruptors or hormone disruptors. And some examples can include BPA, bisphenol A, a compound found in many plastics and cans, perfluoroctanic acid, a nonstick coating used on pans, pesticides, and phthalates, chemicals found in plastics. So, you know, when we come to cooking, you want to cook with like uh, ceramic, uh, stainless steel, or cast iron. So you want to cook those. Not with, You don't want to use like Teflon and things like that because that's scraping into your meals and stuff like that. You want to store your food in glass containers if you can and not plastic containers. And just like we were in the hydration week, if you're going to drink out of a water bottle, try not to do it out of plastic bottles. Try to do it out of like a stainless steel or a glass water bottle. Well, Chloe's going to be disappointed because we just bought new <laughs> non-stick pans oh, <laughs> no. less than a year ago. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah they'll all be in the bin when she gets home. Well, like the, the cast iron, those things are like the heavy as heavy duty, yeah. um, but they're in, indestructible. Like, you mm. know, you can cook on them, the flavor stays in, you just get it with a big scour so you can get all the stuff off. Like it maybe takes a little bit of elbow grease to kind of yeah. get, the, get the muck off the bottom. But um. All those like non-stick pans and the Teflon and, and all that sort of stuff um, leaches into the food, especially when heated up. Um, so we want to kind of steer clear of those if we can. And I just had a client where I was talking about this last night or, or the other day. Um, but if you wanted to be the healthiest person ever, you just go be a monk living on a mountain somewhere without any technology and no contact with anyone. You just be by yourself and meditate all day. But that's not real life. But if we can, as best we can, try to limit our exposure to certain things and try to do things as best we can, I reckon... If we can limit our exposure to these like BPAs and plastics and perfluorotonic acid and all those sorts of bits and pieces, 
we should try to do it. I'm going to challenge everybody to do a Tupperware stock take. Yeah. Because <laughs> I reckon we'd be about half and half. We've got like half plastic and half yeah. glass. I try to use the glass ones more just because they're easier to clean. Mm. But you're phasing them out. You're phasing them out slowly. So you just continue doing that. You know, you don't have to overthrow your whole life tomorrow, but it is a good good action step, I think. It's just hoarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like low-level hoarding of like yeah. different Tupperware containers. And, and even in that, um, you know, not to be all doom and gloom and stuff, but a lot of our like dishwashing liquids and laundry detergents and shampoos and conditioners and deodorants and for females, like all the self-care products and makeup and all that yeah. sort of stuff, like – you just think about the toxic load and if there's any way you can kind of reduce that toxic load, even if ever so slightly by choosing a stainless steel water bottle over a plastic one or or I'm going to get my glass containers instead of my plastic, like, you know, so if you can try to reduce that toxic load, it's really good. And same thing goes for weight gain. You should just try to avoid those substances um, as well. We spoke a little bit about this over the last couple of weeks, but stress is huge for weight loss or gain, right? Huge. So stress may cause the body to increase its production of stress hormones, which sends the body into somewhat of a fat storage mode and becomes more efficient at sto- effective at storing fat because, you know, way back in caveman days, it was stressful to not come across food because you'd have to either kill a mammoth or you'd have to kill an animal or you'd have to find a tree that had heaps of apples on it. Like it wasn't like you just go to the grocery store and it's e- everything everywhere. So back in the day, you could go through very long periods of famine, like, you know, a few days or a week or two. So it was advantageous for you to have body fat so your body could pull from those stored energy stores. So in modern society, we haven't gotten too far removed from that. But if you're in a really, really stressed out state, some people say that it kind of sends your body into this fat storage zone because it's like, all right, we're stressed out, which means we might be in a zone of famine. Let's keep some fat on the body so we can pull for it when we need to. So Managing your stress, um, you know, also because stress makes people want to seek comfort in the form of ice cream or chockies or Tim Tams and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, so the more stressed you are, the more likely you are going to be drawn to those fatty and sugary kind of foods. This next one has my interest peaked, Gossa, inhaling versus chewing. <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> well, it comes down to which one, which one of these are you? All right, so I'll read it out. So... Are you someone who inhales their food? Do you watch yes. TV while you while you eat? Do you mindlessly scroll your socials? Do you eat at your work desk or computer? It means you're in a stressed state when you do that. You've got more inflammation. You've got digestive issues, bloating and gas. You're not producing as much saliva, which is your first part of breaking down the food. Um, it results in undigested or poorly digested food and often results in people overeating their calories as well when you're so distracted and you're pretty much just slamming the food down. Conversely, on the other side, you've got people who chew their food. These people are totally present. They use their senses. They breathe. They chew their food 15 to 20 plus times. They have no technology around them. They express gratitude for their meal. They're in a much calmer state. They're actually more going to – they have more of a chance of assimilating the nutrients, properly breaking down the food, and they notice their feelings of fullness a lot quicker than the person who's chewing and distracted. So strategy number five is all about eating mindfully, and especially when it comes to weight loss. This is like one of my number one hacks is – you know, instead of eating and slamming your food down in front of the TV or in front of the work computer or in front of your phone, just put those things away. Go sit at the dining table with the family or just by yourself. Slow things down. Be present. Make like one of the most awesome bites you can on your fork. So like a little bit of everything, make that first bite. Really look at that first bite, like express <laughs> gratitude for it, smell it, like use your senses. Pop that food in your mouth and then place your cutlery down. Try chewing like 15 times and really savoring that bite. Pick your cutlery back up, make one more bite in your mouth, cutlery down, and you just keep repeating that because if you're anything like I was prior to this, I would put a food, 
bite of food in my mouth and I would already be making the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're never like fully satisfied or even enjoying the meal. And then you get to the end of it and you're like, oh, I wish I had more because I didn't even know what I was like. I wasn't even enjoying that. So really slowing down that process is awesome for for, for diet control or weight control. Um, and even with weight gain, taking extra time for eating your meals can help support good digestion and nutrient absorption to make sure you're actually assimilating those nutrients. I'm shocking at that. Mm. I am an inhaler times 20, I reckon. Yeah. That's like long-term battle really yep. just decades worth trying to be present and eating food properly rather than just shoveling it in. Mm. Well, that the, what I might do in, do then as well in the show notes, I'm going to give out my um my mindful eating checklist, which is what I give to clients and it's pretty much just like a it's like a 10 step process of what you need to do when you're eating mindfully. Um so you can just have that and even if you just practice that for the next couple meals, um, and just see what power it has. You might be, you might notice you get fuller off a smaller portion. Um, you might notice that you don't feel so like gassy or digestive, like digested, or bloated afterwards and stuff like that. So yeah, give, give, worth giving it a shot. Including breakfast, which I have not been doing. <laughs> yeah, but it's been working. Weeks, but it's working. <laughs> that's, that's strategy six. Um, but one thing a lot of dieters find beneficial is eating a wholesome breakfast each morning because I had a, yeah, many, many clients come to me who would skip breakfast for whatever reason, either they're, just don't feel hungry um, or they're in a rush. So they quickly get their work gear on and they get out the door um, or they're just surviving off coffee all morning. But what this kind of gave them was this really roller coaster of blood sugar throughout the whole day. They might get home at 4 p.m., 4.30 p.m., 5 p.m. And they slam down all this food standing at the pantry door or the fridge door, even though dinner might only be 30 or, 30 or 60 minutes away. Um, and they end up overeating in the afternoon and the evening period. So what I did with them is just did like a bit of a breakfast experiment Let's include like a well-rounded breakfast, like, you know, maybe like a nice protein smoothie or like some eggs on toast with some avocado or, you know, just like a, you know, overnight oats or something like that. So we'd have these little breakfast experiments. And what a lot of them found was they had more longer lasting energy throughout the morning and they didn't have these after work binges and stuff like that, which meant, you know, over consuming pizza shapes and Tim Tams. So weight loss, you know, a good thing that you can do is either just like Bado done, he's inadvertently doing some intermittent fasting by just skipping <laughs> a meal and it's working for him and he's, he's not feeling like he's having these ravenous cravings in the afternoon or energy dips, which is great. Um, but if you find that you've been suffering from really bad afternoon binges or bad energy dips throughout the morning, try including like a well-rounded breakfast um, in the morning period, which is really, really good. And for weight gain, if you're looking to add more calories to your diet, breakfast is a wicked opportunity to do that. So Choose well-rounded breakfast, offers proteins, complex carbs, lean fat sources. You can do like a really protein-filled scrambled eggs, like chuck some beef mints in there or something like that. Get some healthy fats in there, just some olive oil on top so you can add those calories in the morning period. Um, but strategy seven kind of leads on from number six is to don't skip meals. So when trying to lose weight, you want to make sure you're not getting too hungry between meals because when this happens, you may be more likely to binge on foods you're trying to live it, be more inclined to make an impulsive food decision and potentially end up eating far more than you normally would. So if it's working for you to do the intermittent fasting or skipping meals to, to reduce your calories, great. I'm not trying to stop you from doing that. But if you're forcing yourself to skip meals because it's like you're punishing yourself or you're trying to do that and then it just results in this really bad relationship with food, I would say let's start including a more well-rounded lunch or a well-rounded breakfast to, to, to do that as well. And for weight gain, again, just like strategy six, is another another way you can just cram some more calories in because skipping meals may make it harder to put on, to put on weight. That was my massive issue prior to this was – I was skipping breakfast because I was never hungry, but then like by midday I was starving. So I'd like overeat mm. at lunchtime and then I'd have a massive dinner as well. So it was like smashing 
heaps of food in like a six-hour period yeah, and they're not eating for like another 12 or 14 hours or whatever it was and yeah. it was just and there's, and there's, again, terrible. It's to each their own because it does work for some people and that's completely fine but I found for the majority of people having like three square meals a day is probably the best best mm. way to go about things. Um, strategy eight is to cook foods at home. So not only are portion sizes larger at restaurants, they're also typically higher in added fats, salt and sugar because – the chefs don't care about you controlling your calories. They just want to make the eating experience as good as possible. So they're going <laughs> to add as much food and flavorings and sauces and dressings. Like if you ever bought like a Caesar salad and notice it's just swimming in mayonnaise and Caesar dressing <laughs> and like the burgers just dripping in sauce and stuff. So they don't care about you and your diet. They just want to like make the eating of the food as, as good as possible. So if you're getting the majority of your food from restaurants or cafes or pubs or whatever, you might be consuming more calories than you uh, realize. So Start experimenting with cooking at home and practice eating out in moderation. And, you know, a big part of what I found was really beneficial was for me anyway, was to learn how to make those quote unquote unhealthy meals in a healthy way at home. So Mm. I've learned how to make my own like pizzas and like KFC chicken and like healthy burgers and like my own homemade chips and things like that. So I've, I've made these, these foods that maybe are adding a crap ton of calories out, but at home I can control it a little bit more and it's still just as tasty, if not more tasty. Prioritizing sleep, massive. Huge. So skipping out on sleep disrupts your circadian rhythm, which is your night and day cycle, um, causes you to produce more ghrelin, which is that hunger hormone. Um, Leptin's less responsive, so you don't feel full as quickly. Um, You get an increase in inflammation around the body, makes you subconsciously move less the following day as well, which means you're not burning as many calories. Um, decreases your willpower, stimulates your appetite for sugary food. And studies show that people who sleep less than the recommended amount consume on average around 300 extra calories per day. So over the course of the year, it's like five to seven kilos worth of weight gain. Yep. <laughs> and <yeah. laughs> listeners couldn't see me just nod and like curl my lip up a bit. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> and that was me going, yep, because that was my life yeah. for the last like four or five years. <laughs> just slowly putting on four or five kilos yeah. a year. Yeah. Until you- Raise the bat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for weight gain as well, (laughs) for weight gain as well, like sleep, sleep. And we, if you haven't listened to sleeps part one and two, you've got to go back and listen to that because we talk about all this stuff, but sleep is your body's time to rest, repair and grow. So although you're trying to eat and add extra calories and add lots more food in, I'd try not to eat less than, or yeah, less than about two to three hours before bed as it may affect your sleep quality. So even though you're trying to pound the food down to get the weight up because you're trying to add on size or if you're under eating, you're trying mm. to put on size, whatever it might be, try to limit those large meals and don't eat two to three hours before bed because then it might impact your sleep and then you're not resting and recovering properly and so on and so on. And last but not least, you need to move your body. You need to move your body. So working out <laughs> helps relieve stress. It burns calories. It gives you metabolism boost even when you're not working out, resistance training in particular. So if you remember from the resistance training week, there was that huge meta-analysis, which is like a study of studies. And they did, I think it was 228 studies they studied. So they got them all together, pulled them all together. And what they found was the combination of resistance training um, and diet was more effective than endurance training or combination of resistance training and endurance training. So lifting weights, eating a healthy amount of food, like, you know, controlling your portions, you are going to get the results you want and keep those results, hopefully. Um, And same thing with weight gain, resistance training, strength training helps build muscle. And it's all about sending the right signal. Um, So follow a good workout program and eat enough calories to support the extra activity while still allowing that weight gain. But that's not to say that you can't run or walk. Like if you no. love those activities, one hundred percent, they're not bad. No, no, no. And like I, I don't want people to get it twisted at all. Like 
I think that everyone should include some form of healthy cardiovascular activity. Like mm. if you like running, go running. If you like riding, go riding. If you like playing basketball, go play basketball, footy, whatever it might be. So definitely cardiovascular endurance and cardiovascular activity is is great for general health. Um, but if you're looking to lose weight and you only have time enough to do to choose one form of exercise, strength train. It will give you all of the the best results hands down. And then if you have extra time and extra capabilities, then yeah, throw in and sprinkle in some extra walks and hikes and cycles and swims and all the other fun cardiovascular endurance activities like, you know, downhill mountain biking or whatever it might be. So whatever your thing is, yeah, don't don't stop doing it just because I said that. But if you can throw in some strength training, that'd be great as well. But that was our kind of 10 weight loss and weight gain strategies. Remember that that magic number was around half a kilo a week, give or take 200 grams either side of that. So if you're gaining more than 700 grams or losing more than 700 grams, dial it back a bit. You know, so make sure you're hitting that kind of average mark of around a half a kilo a week. But what I might do in the show notes as well is I'm going to link my two free private Facebook groups. So I've got one for women and one for men. So in those Facebook groups, I've got some really important free trainings. There was one on, um, what do we do? Some, so it was like 20, 21 calorie cutting lifestyle changes. Um, there was another one, how to conquer your snacking and how to conquer your craving. So there's lots of interesting free short trainings, you know, five minutes to 20 minutes long on lots of different topics. So I wanted, I could have talk, spoken about them all today, but I was just going to give people the option to join those free, pay, uh, free and private Facebook groups if they want to. Gossa, extremely helpful. You are a power of knowledge, but we need some action steps for this week. So, so what are we looking for here? Alrighty. So I reckon number one is going to be to download or at least look at that mindful eating checklist that I put in the show notes and just practice that, like do it at least once and just see how different the eating experience is. So that pretty much means like, you know, for each meal, I want you to eat at a table or outside away from technology. So no TV, phone, laptop or computer or word desk and just be there kind of with your meal following those mindful eating steps. I want you to start putting your cutlery down between bites. So just, just slow it all down. Just, you know, actually be there enjoying your food. And lastly, I want you to experiment with a healthy version of one of your favorite takeaways. So I've got tons on my Instagram page. Um, the recipe ebook is is on my website as well or Nutrition for Busy Blokes. There's lots of ones in there, but, you know, find a healthy version of KFC chicken or Macca's burgers or, you know, nachos or, you know, find a healthy version of that and um, try making that in the next week. Done. Get back in the kitchen. There he goes. Matt Preston. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Christian, before we wrap up today uh, and before we get into a golden nuggy, um, nothing in the mailbag this week, week off Unfortunate. For, for the mail yeah. person. Um, but I thought it was it was interesting to note you know, where my brain was going through this episode. And it's, for me, it took me a few weeks to adjust to that portion control. Mm. You know, you can't just get so excited that you're cooking something delicious and healthy in the kitchen and then shoveling half of it in, right? You've got to, <laughs> With a spade. It, to, it took a couple of weeks to remember like, oh, actually, you know, you don't need to have a full dinner plate piled mm. up of all this goodness because you're still eating too much, right? So yep. just winding, winding it back and getting the smaller plates out or – you know, eating out of a bowl, which is a bit smaller than a than a plate even, um, just some of the little tips and tricks that we've we've been using. Yeah, well, just like we said at the very start, like you could be eating Kit Kats, potato gems, potato gems and Cocoa Pops and still lose weight if you're in that deficit and vice mm. versa. If you're eating grass-fed steak, Brussels sprouts and almonds, but you're eating more, then you're going to be putting on weight. But what's good about those whole foods, those natural foods, and when you're cooking for yourself more often is that those will contribute to satiety more than, you know, KFC or, you know, the shapes or the Kit Kats and all that sort of stuff. So 
focusing on including more of those healthy foods, you probably inadvertently start to minimize your calories anyway. But just like you said there, like, you know, it's still all this about portion control and you used one really nifty little trick, which is, um, you know, fooling yourself because you're the easiest person to fool. So using smaller cutlery, <laughs> using smaller plates, using smaller bowls, like I still to this day eat with a dessert spoon. You know the ones you make your coffee with? Yeah, yeah. nice. I eat all my things with that because it just slows down the process rather than eating with a ladle and a gigantic bowl and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. (laughs) And when I have my my wine on a Friday night, my red wine, I use this like tiny little, you know, the Good Food and Wine Show? Yeah. They gave out these free glasses and there was, it's like a tiny little glass and I just filled that up, you know, not to the brim or anything, but like, you know, I'm tricking myself. It's just like a nice psychological way to go like, oh, I'm, I'm eating enough kind of thing. I've been doing that at home as well, you know, pouring like a stubby of beer into a pint glass. So mm. You still have the pint glass, but it's just not, it's almost like th- two thirds full rather than full. Full, full. It, yeah. You still get that. Oh yeah. I'm, you know, enjoying a pint of beer, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> You're tricking yourself. <laughs> You're tricking myself. You're tricking yourself. <laughs> I guess my golden nugget for today is not to get so caught up with that number between your feet. I know we've drilled it over the past, you know, 11 weeks and stuff, not to be so, so caught up on that, even though that is your good, better, best goal, but if you're on a weight loss or a weight gain strat, uh, journey, um, you know, we want to see that 500 gram up or down over the course of a few weeks, like on average, but make sure you're still taking note of like, you know, how clothes are fitting, like your energy levels, how you feel about yourself, sleep quality. Are you building muscle and strength? Like are you getting stronger in the gym, especially if you're, if you're adding calories? What's the quality of your digestion like? Um, is your appetite steady? Are you eating healthy foods you like? And what are your cravings doing? Like there's lots of little things you can look at to see if the whole picture is kind of moving in the way you want it to be, not just the number between your feet. It's so important from what I've been discovering throughout this journey is you just can't rush. Mm. And experimentation is such a nice word because you really do have to experiment with what works and what doesn't work. You know, you might be flying the week before and then you change something up the next week and it just completely doesn't work for you. But it's like, that's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine because what we're doing is we're getting rid of all those old bad Mm. habits that was causing me to, to gain weight. And you've got to really take the time to find out what works and be okay with it taking a little bit longer than you'd like. Yeah. Well, do you want to lose the weight in for, for 12 weeks or do you want to lose it for the rest of your life? Yeah. Like most people will say the rest of their lives because they don't just want to go about things unsustainably. But in today's day and age, we want results yesterday and people are willing to just do the hard thing for two to three months, you know, abs in 30 days and and like, you know, throw out all their favorite foods and just exercise like crazy and get to this body, but it's not, they don't keep it. Like it's that keeping weight off problem that we've got. So, you know, it's always good to go slow, steady, change one thing at a time, just tweak things because then at the end of the six months or a year or, you know, you get five years down the track and you're like, oh, I'm just this brand new person. It felt like I didn't change anything. Rightio, well, we've got to get our skates on, Gosser, and get out of here. So thanks for listening to the Busy Blokes podcast. It's your one-stop shop for the best bang for your buck health hacks. Head over to our Instagram page at Busy Blokes Podcast for more tips and tricks to help you become healthier and happier. And you can find me on Instagram at Health Coach Christian and my brand new website, www.healthcoachchristian.com. If you have any questions or want to share your stories, email us at busyblokespodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Insta. Thanks to Damon Sutton for your audio wizardry behind the scenes legend. Really appreciate it. Tune in next week as we get Lucy Goosey Mobility. <laughs> Lucy Goosey. <laughs> have I nailed that one? Yeah, you've nailed okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah, you've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you then. Love you, Dad. Love you, Dad.